Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. All right, we have our Hour of Law Talk coming your way today on this Tuesday. Law Talk brought to you, of course, by our friends over at Herling Clark Law Firm. And representing them today, Attorney Kevin Lonergan. Hello to you, Kevin. Welcome back to the program. Hello. Thanks. Happy Valentine's Day. You too. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel a lot of love here as an attorney uh, on on this very special day? Well, I know at the firm, they're encouraging everybody to wear red, and and at lunchtime, they're going to take a picture for the Facebook. (laughs) There you go. Well, there you go. (laughs) You brought, though, a very special guest with you today, and I love it when this happens. Uh, We are so honored to have with us Outagamie County Circuit Court Judge today, Mark McGinnis. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Good morning to you. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. All right. We've got a lot to talk about, but I know that you two have a bit of history. So, Kevin, yep. please do us the honors and, and share a little bit of your relationship over the years. Sure. And and uh, I knew Judge McGinnis back when he was Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I've known him since he was a kid. And not that he's young now, because he's not. It just shows how old I am. But uh uh, I, I've known him and his parents. He's got two of the most wonderful parents you could ever have. And, and uh, I've known him since, you know, he was a child and seen him go through school. And um, so I, you are homegrown, and I think that's important this day and age. And can you just tell everybody a little bit about, you know, where you grew up and where you went to school and so forth? Yeah, um, I grew up in Appleton. Uh, we have six kids in our family, and we all went to Appleton West. My dad was a long-term teacher at Appleton East, and uh, uh, we all sort of played sports and were involved in the community, and I went off to Marquette University uh, and graduated uh, college and then went to the University of Minnesota Law School and wanted to come back here and practice law. He was on one of the best Appleton West High School basketball teams in the history of the school. Oh. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> that's, a, that's what we'll tell you, right? Uh, try not to talk about it because it was a long time ago. But we had a really good team, good group of people. And uh, as most of us probably remember back in our high school days, when you're involved in something really good and, and successful, it creates a lot of life memories, life relationships, and, and good life lessons, um, which, you know, it carries through to today. Um, you know, those those people you meet and, and your teammates with are a lot more important than the scores of any game uh, and the character that you develop. Mm-hmm. Being part of something big is, is helpful in it. I think, you know, as a judge back in the community, a lot of those same things carry through. And you guys went to the state championship game back at a time when they didn't have different divisions. It was just one state championship, right? Well, I'm not that old. No, <laughs> okay. We were in the top division and lost in a yeah final game, um, which is not a highlight of my life. You still feel the sting there, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that's an amazing background. I love hearing about everyone's connections to the Fox Valley. You know, this community raised me too, right? So, you know, you you love to come back home and be able to, um, you know, give back in some way, shape, or form. For you, that's on the bench. Uh, can you share with us, though, a little bit of your journey, um, I'm guessing from attorney to where you now sit as out of Gamey County uh, Circuit Court Judge? Yeah, um, I, I got hired by Kevin and in the Hurling Clark Law Firm back in 1996, and we moved back uh, to the Valley and lived in Appleton. And, you know, when I was a lawyer, I really enjoyed it and representing people. Uh, but as I developed during those first nine or 10 years, I realized that uh, I think my goal was to become a judge, to give back in a different way, sort of as a public servant, and in a way that um, you weren't advocating for people, but you're trying to make a positive difference in the community. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of what we do as judges are what I consider, tr- you know, in the trenches and we're dealing with sad and negative things most of the time. And we're just trying to make life better or give a higher quality of life for the people that we see every day. Excellent. And, and just to add, cause I know you wouldn't volunteer this, but, uh, um, judge McGinnis ran against an incumbent and which is very unusual this day and age. And, he got an incredibly high percentage of the vote against an incumbent, which really says a lot for him and who he is. Uh, and he's been, no one's run against you ever since. That's right. That was 2005. Um, and it was a, you know, when we talk about judges, were elected in Wisconsin. So all of the listeners, you know, you get a say. Everybody gets an equal say. And the Supreme Court primary that's coming up, every person has the same vote. It doesn't matter what your education or occupation is um and so it's important that people go out and vote and that day in april of 2005 a lot of people went out to vote but you know i think a campaign takes a lot of support and a lot of teamwork going back to talking about basketball it's not just one person um it's knocking on a lot of doors and getting to a lot of groups and meeting people but it's it's you and um, hundreds of other people supporting you so I told you I was going to ask you this question, but do you have a memorable case or cases that you've, uh, since being a judge, that you think is is important to you and who you are as a judge? Mm. You know, I, you told me you were going to ask that yesterday, and um, a lot of the memorable cases are, you know, the negative cases, right? The kids that you see murdered and the pictures that you have in your mind uh, from trials including the one that we just had in December. Um, but the most memorable situation in a positive way would be the uh, individual that I used to have in truancy court. Um, and that was, you know, turned into something negative as well. But, uh, you know, we affected positively a lot of students and kids. And my family used to have over an individual every Thanksgiving. Uh, and he graduated from high school, high school uh, Appleton West. I showed up at his graduation um, I was the only person there on, on his behalf at graduation that night. Mm-hmm. We celebrated with him, and uh, about nine years later, he's doing well. He's in the community. He's got a couple kids, and he's working hard. Um, so those are the – and there's a lot of those types of situations where you try to make a difference, and it's all behind the scenes. Nobody saw that. Nobody recognized that, you know, you go to a graduation on behalf of somebody or you help them through high school on a Thanksgiving day. Um so it would be those types of uh, memories that I have that I'd say are the most memorable. Great. Wow. 
We do need to take a little break, but uh, we're going to come back to something that you've implemented since 2005, which is an opportunity to get a really close-hand look at the judicial system here in Outagamie County and have a conversation with the judge. So we'll come back with more on the Brown Bag Lunch Program, and we'll get you the date of the next one coming up, too. So please stick with us. Also on the way, we'll talk more about the spring general election, the primary coming up next week, folks. Very important. We'll talk furthermore about the the process of how these candidates are there, what we're narrowing, narrowing it down to, how the judges are selected, and a lot of other great conversation here today with Attorney Kevin Lonergan and Judge McGinnis here. Stick with us. More to come. Don't start your day without in-depth weather reports from Steve Balon and First Alert Weather. Every weekday morning during AM Fox Valley with Dave Edwards on WHBY. Welcome back to Law Talk with Hurling Clark Law Firm. Today we are joined by Attorney Kevin Lonergan with Hurling Clark and Outagamie County Circuit Court Judge Mark McGinnis here. And some great conversations this next hour. But first, I want to talk about an opportunity to get inside the courtroom. And uh, this is actually in a positive way. Yes. <laughs> so that's a, that's a plus for sure, Judge McGinnis. But you created something called the Brown Bag Lunch Program, uh, summer of 2005. It's a long time ago. It's a long yes. time ago, yes. That's when I started dating my husband, by the way. Oh, 2005, wow. yes. So a long time ago, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about it, though. Where did the idea come from? And, and what made you say, you know, everyone bring a lunch and let's talk about our judicial system. How fun. <laughs> That's right. And it's evolved. But back then, my idea, I was elected in April of 05, and I took the bench August 1st. And... I, my goal was to not lose touch with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my reasons for becoming a judge was to represent the community, to be a positive force in the community. Um, I, I expected that was going to be my lifelong job. And uh, my thought back then was if you schedule something once a month and open the courtroom doors and invite anybody in, so no limitations. Uh, and over the years, we've had people come in who don't don't like me or I've had a case with them or you know, I've sentenced one of their family members, and they've yeah. been able to express that in front of everybody. Mm. But it's it, everybody's invited to come, and uh, and it's me and a group. Uh, there's been other judges that join in. So typically, the Court of Appeals Judge Greg Gill now comes, uh, and one or two other judges, including uh, Emily Lonergan. It depending on their schedules, but you get a group of us, and we we spend an hour, usually covering a topic that we've addressed in earlier sessions and we go into it for 15 or 20 minutes, then we just answer questions. Mm-hmm. And and uh, over time, it's had like 15 or 20, sometimes we get up to 30 wow. um, people from the public. And we, uh, we always, four or five times a school year, we'll have school, like Xavier High School come visit, so we'll schedule that on a day of a brown bag. So you get 30 students in there with 20 adults. Um, we now order lunch, so we have uh, pizza and, and stuff delivered okay. so people can bring their own brown bag but we have people who come and bring cookies and pass around treats and it's just a really healthy uh, environment to learn i've had four of the supreme court justices as guests 
over the years. We had a defense attorney last month. Uh, she spent 15 or 20 minutes talking about what it's like to be a criminal defense lawyer because at the previous month people had asked about it. Like, uh, how can they do it? Why do they do it? And so we responded. So we try to have guests to talk about relevant topics. Can you tell people who might be listening and who might want to attend how they know about when and where? I know that I've seen it in the Post Crescent, but tell them how they might want, they, if they want to participate, how they find you. Yeah. Um, so the next one is on March 1st uh, at noon. Uh, and we do it every month. So you can reach out to me at 920-832-5152. Or you can send me an email at mark.mcginnis at wicourts.gov. That's mark.mcginnis at wicourts.gov. And um, I send a monthly email to everybody. Uh, and Haley, I think you get it too. I get it. And I'm always like, wow, that sounds so interesting. I'd love to be there. If we yeah. only could bring the show live to the courtroom, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so we just come into the courtroom. And it's always right in the branch one courtroom and um, try to pick stuff that people are interested in. So, you know, last m- week we talked about pardons. Mm. And because the previous month somebody brought it up. And so we had somebody from the Department of Corrections come in and talk about pardons. And Judge Gill, uh, who's on the Court of Appeals, and I were talking after, I learned a lot. Like, I didn't realize it. So, you know, it's a learning opportunity for everyone, including us judges. We learn what the community's interested in. We learn about subject matter. And, and I just think it's a great connection um, for us to be in touch with the community. And I also think it's a good reflection of the judiciary to be willing to meet with people and talk and, and in a very transparent way. If you ask a question, you'll get a direct answer. And if you have three judges there, you might get three different answers or thoughts about a subject, and it's good for them to hear what we think. And uh, so it's been a very positive experience. It's something that I plan on doing until I'm finished. Um, And uh, hopefully the public just keeps enjoying it. Do you invite people to give you ideas about things that they want to talk about? Uh, absolutely. So, you know, normally in my emails, I'll say, you know, let me know if there's any subject matter. But usually at the end of a session, the last five minutes as I'm wrapping it up, I'll say, hey, today we talk, you know, I heard you talk about this issue. We'll research it and we'll cover it next month. Is there anything else that we want to cover next month? And usually somebody will put something out there. Um, over time, we've, you know, whatever's happening in the community. So when the recent U.S. Supreme Court decision came out regarding the Roe, issue. I thought that was big enough to address, so we discussed it. Everything's non-political, so we're not really trying to influence, we're just trying to educate. And so we talked about what the decision meant, uh, what it said, and then the impact that it would have on states and how the states are now likely going to have to address it. Have you heard of other judges throughout the state adopted your idea? They have. um, Dodge County, there's a judge, uh, and it's it didn't last more than a couple of years, and a judge from Eau Claire County and Sheboygan County and Milwaukee County and Dane County, I know for sure, have tried to do it, and they've all sort of fizzled out after a point in time, you know, because it takes energy or some level of commitment, and I also think uh, it takes some confidence because you're exposing yourself. Um, so, you know, for example, when I go out there and somebody's sitting there and I recognize them and and I go, I know I know them from somewhere, but can't mm. place it. And then they raise their hand and they talk about, you know, why did you do this to my son uh, when you sentenced him to eight years in prison or something? Mm. You're exposing yourself. 
Um, yeah. You're out there uh, in a way, and I think it's important to be able to have those conversations. It's almost as if you're humanizing yourself a bit to those constituents and people in the community who maybe only see you in, in a, maybe what could be considered a, a horrible day in, in their lifetime. That's right. Um, you know, and that's a really good point because we are just humans, first of all, even though we wear black robes and we sit higher than everybody and people yeah. stand up when we walk in. We're just normal people. And uh, that's exactly what we try to say. And I usually say that to people that I'm, I'm handling their cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is a situation that um, you get to see us walk through or meet us in a, in a real way. And then when we're handling a case, um, I think there's some level of judicial demeanor that you have to have. Right. right? Um, and uh, so when you, for example, would share with a group of high school students that I love to go home and play with my kids at the end of the day. I like to go out in the yard and play tackle football with them, or I like to jump on the trampoline, even though this is what I do all day, what you just saw when I sentenced a bunch of people or whatever I was doing. I'm just like your parents. And I think if we can be, if we can look at the judiciary as humans, Mm -hmm. we're not perfect. Um, Every decision I make isn't perfect, and I'm willing to admit that, uh, but I think we try to do our best. And we try to have the goals in mind to make people better and to keep people accountable. All right. We do need to take a break, but it's a great place to pause as we are going to look next at the different levels of the judiciary system. Did you know that there are three levels of judges in Wisconsin? We'll go over those. Of course, one of those levels being our Supreme Court here in Wisconsin. And by the way, there's a little primary election coming up next week that we're going to give you the nuts and bolts about as well. So come on back for the second half of Law Talk with Hurling Clark Law Firm after today's Garden Bite, which is brought to you by Jung Garden Center. Welcome back to Law Talk with Hurling Clark Law Firm here on WHBY. Joined by attorney Kevin Lonergan and special guest, Judge Mark McGinnis here in Outagamie County. I know, Kevin, we had kind of left off and you had a, a, a cliffhanger of a question that you wanted to squeeze in here. That's a great transition into our next topic, which will be talking about those different levels of our judiciary system. But fill us in on, on what you were curious about. Sure. And I've gained some insight since my daughter's been a judge. Um, uh, but I you know, used to think that, that uh, judges were sort of on an island. They're making decisions by themselves and there's very little communication and so forth. And I've learned a lot since then. So I think others might have a similar question. Do you have the opportunity to communicate with other judges? And, uh, and if so, what role does that play in your practice? Uh, the answer is yes. So, and, and I do. Uh, and it plays the process or the role in my process is to reach out if you're struggling with a decision or an issue. Um, to reach out either for the purpose of getting more information about what their understanding of the law is or to get some feedback on what they think a right decision might be in a, in a complicated situation. And in Outagamie County, we have seven of us, and we're all right in the same hallway, so it's easy to have those conversations. Uh, but over the years, you develop relationships with judges throughout the state and really in other states. But when it comes down to those issues, I would stick to judges in Wisconsin I have a handful of them that I would reach out to, make a call, shoot them a text message to, to arrange a call and, and have that conversation. And I'm sure the reverse happens where you're contacted frequently as well. I, yes, and I think that's 
the case. Um, okay, so now I really want to transition into uh, the different judgeships because, you know, I know that there are municipal judges, circuit judges, court of appeals, Supreme Court, federal judges, and it might be confusing for people out there. And can you just kind of give a, a little lay of the land in terms of the, the judges in, in the area? Yeah, so there are seven judges that we call Outagamie County Circuit Court judges, and our role is to handle all disputes uh, in Outagamie County, ranging from small claims to murder, divorces, personal injury cases, any lawsuit or, or action, we get resolved. And I mentioned before that that kind of puts us in the trenches. So it's not unusual for us to have 20 or 25 cases a day. Um, there's two jury trials going on today uh, with two of my colleagues. One of them has a sexual assault trial, and the other one has a seventh offense, drunk driving. So those trials are going on, and we're sort of in the trenches doing those day in and day out. We handle about 3,000 cases per year each mm-hmm. that we, we're responsible for those files. Um, at the, if you go up a tier, there's a court of appeals. Uh, and in the state of Wisconsin, there are 16 court of appeal judges. There are three in, in the northern part of Wisconsin. So if you take Green Bay across to Appleton to Wausau to Eau Claire and go north, um, any of those counties, if they want to appeal one of my decisions, they go to the Court of Appeals, uh, which is called District 3, which is in Wausau. And in Wausau, there's three Court of Appeal judges, and they handle all disputes from those counties. If you lose at that level, you can go to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Uh, the Wisconsin Supreme Court doesn't have to take your case, and I, my understanding is they accept between like 5 or 10% of appeals, and it's up to them to vote on which cases they take. For example, this morning they took two cases, and I think they rejected about 31 cases. Um, I read a release this morning. So it's a very small portion of the Supreme Court, and at that level there are seven Supreme Court justices in Wisconsin. All of us get elected. Uh, the circuit court judges get elected by s- for six years, and the people in our county are the only people who vote for us. So in April, I'll be on the ballot. Thankfully, there's nobody running against <laughs> me. Um, but the people in Outagamie County will vote. Uh, if you're a court of appeals judge, it's a six-year term, and the people from your district vote. So when Judge Gill ran for the court of appeals a couple years ago, it's the entire northern half of Wisconsin that he had to campaign towards. In the Supreme Court, the whole state votes, and it's a 10-year term. Okay. And then um, what about municipal judges and federal court judges? Yeah, so municipal court judges are are hired by a municipality. For example, in the town of Grand Chute locally or the village of Little Chute, they have municipal judges. Municipal judges can be lawyers, but they don't have to be lawyers, and they're hired by that municipality. They're not elected. Or maybe sometimes they could be elected, but... Um, but they're responsible for that municipality, municipality, and if they make a decision, the loser of that decision can appeal it to a circuit court judge. So yesterday I had a drunk driving jury trial, and that was on an appeal from a local municipality. So the person lost, they brought it up to the circuit court, it got assigned to me, and we had a one-day jury trial on it. And those municipal cases are generally like traffic or local disorderly conduct type cases? That's right. It would be ordinance violations. In that case, it was a first offense drunk driving, uh, which is an ordinance. And I understand that in a municipal court, you can't sentence somebody to jail or prison. That's exactly right. That's correct. And then there's federal courts, uh, which is done by, you know, uh, the appointment is done by the president and approved by the U.S. Senate. And there's three levels of federal courts, the district courts, so similar to a trial court like what I do. 
and then the Court of Appeals, and the Court of Appeals for Wisconsin is in Chicago. It's the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, and then the U.S. Supreme Court. All of the federal judges are appointed for a lifetime appointment. And what is the difference between the kinds of cases that would be handled in federal court versus state court? Federal court deals with bigger, um, I think, bigger cases, more complicated cases. So if you have a, a, a federal crime where you're crossing state lines, or you're robbing a bank, um, those are typically federal jurisdiction. Uh, now, I had a, a jury trial a couple of years ago of a, a robbing of a credit union here locally. And so, you know, they could be federal or state, and in that case, they pursued it at a state level. Um, but federal cases are cross state lines, or uh, people are from different states, or, uh, you know, the FBI or the federal agencies are investigating as opposed to like the city of Appleton Police Department. So I, in, and I think it's a much more prestigious position. You have less cases, they're complicated cases. Um, and, you know, I think people aspire to go to the federal level because it's a lifetime appointment and it seems to be much more legally challenging. And federal court judges are the only ones that can make decisions about whether a law passed by Congress is constitutional. Yeah, and that's a good point because they're federal, so it would be a federal law is being challenged. That's right. And if a state of Wisconsin law was being challenged, then that would come to a state judge. Okay. Or, or like the abortion issue that we talked about. If there's that, when that challenge happens from that, from that old law, that'll go to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, not to the federal courts. Okay. Um, so are we okay for We are closing in on a commercial break here. So time for one more question. We'll squeeze in before switching gears to our spring general election. Okay. Uh, now you put the pressure on. <laughs> <laughs> one more question, Kevin. <laughs> um, uh, so so uh, uh, with, with a municipal versus circuit court judge, what determines the difference between what each of them can handle? Circuit court judges are authorized by statute to handle, you know, all cases that arise in the state of Wisconsin or, and are initiated by the state of Wisconsin. So it involves anything. A municipal court would be a violation of a municipal ordinance, um, or uh, I think that's it. And so you violate a municipal ordinance, shoplifting or underage smoking or underage drinking, and they prosecute you by a municipality. Okay. And if you were to take on any of those cases, you mentioned having uh, a caseload of 3,000 uh, <laughs> different uh, different uh, cases in your year, you would significantly increase that if you were to take on municipal courts. That's absolutely right. And, you know, we have court commissioners, too. Mm-hmm. And we have four court commissioners in Outagamie County, which are not judges, but they do a lot of that upfront work for us judges, too, to help us get through those thousands of cases. All right. Hopefully our our listeners may be learning a bit more about our judicial system here on Law Talk. We need to take another break, but when we come back, we'll narrow in on next week's uh, spring primary ahead of the spring general election, all eyes on those state Supreme Court races as well. So we'll have uh, more on that to come. Welcome back to Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. It's our Law Talk Hour here with Curling Clark Law Firm and 
Hopefully you are aware that we have a spring primary election next week, Tuesday, February 21st. One of the things you will see on the ballot is for the uh, Supreme Court race here in Wisconsin. The winner of the seat will succeed Justice Patience Rogensack, and uh, four candidates are running on February 21st in that spring primary election. Two conservatives and two liberals, all are current or former judges. And the race is technically nonpartisan, but the reality is that we are seeing uh, some stances uh, on either side of the aisle for sure. Uh, We have with us here today Attorney Kevin Lonergan and Judge Mark McGinnis. Politics aside, of course, um, what is important for our listeners to know about this state Supreme Court race? I I think what's important to know uh, is... It's an important position. Uh, it's one of seven in the state, and that every listener has an opportunity to have input into who that individual is. Um, that, that would be the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, and I would hope that all of us take our voting rights seriously and would spend at least 15, 20 minutes looking into it and then making the decision that they think is best. Uh, and if they do that, I, you know, I don't think there should be any regrets. Um, I, I know all four of the people personally. I've had opportunities to work with them and meet them. And, um, you know, I don't think I should influence anybody or anybody else should, right? It's just take time, learn what who the people are, and then do what you think is best. And then after this next election, there's another one. Can you explain that? Yeah, so a primary for the Supreme Court will bring four candidates down to two. So the top two vote-getters from uh, the February 21st primary will advance to April, and those two will then go head-to-head in the April primary, um, in the April election. Uh, And the winner of that will take over in the Supreme Court on August 1st. I think it's important to note the race is open and nonpartisan, so there is a chance that two conservatives or two liberals could make it through uh, to that spring election on April 4th. I think that's an important point for our listeners as well. Absolutely. And it impacts us. I think, you know, whoever gets uh, selected or or elected, it's going to impact the whole entire judiciary. Um, And so it's an important election for those of us who are involved in the system. And I think it's an important election for the the citizens in the state of Wisconsin. And again, a 10-year appointment for our state Supreme Court here. Yeah, um, 10-year election. Yeah, term. Absolutely. And that's a long time. Yeah. So think about the next 10 years uh, and reflect on the next 10 years for yourself, for your family and and what uh, you value. Absolutely. We are sadly running on running on time. Kevin just gave me the the nod here. So (laughs) (laughs) thanks for the heads up there, Kevin. Uh, Great to talk with you both. uh, But we do appreciate when we get special guests in studio. When is that next brown bag lunch, by the way, for our listeners? Thanks for having me. And the next brown bag is March 1st, noon in the Branch One courtroom at the Outagamie County Justice Center. All right. Judge McGinnis, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. Attorney Lonergan, good to see you as well. You too. All right. And there goes another exciting hour of Law Talk with Hurling Clark Law Firm. Come on back for our Consumer Protection. Hour in hour number two, your CBS and local news updates just ahead.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.